Hey everybody, welcome back to To The Point. Hope you're all doing well. If you feel like you just heard me record a podcast about an hour ago, that's because I did. But we're back for another one here today. As I mentioned on the MLB preview show, I had been able to do a show in a couple days. So I want to get a few in here, talk to all of you. So this will be non-Major League Baseball related. I will say the New York Yankees are... Currently up five mil on the San Francisco Giants. They are in cruise control. The Blue Jays game starts in about 35 minutes with them and the St. Louis Cardinals. But in this show, probably won't be as long as the baseball podcast. Want to touch on some hockey things. Uh, Seamus will be on tomorrow. So we're going to talk some NBA. Going to talk some uh, NCAA Final Four. Tomorrow with Shay, so we'll, we'll get into that as we head into uh, the weekend. But here's what I want to start with today. Earlier, I'm recording the baseball pod, and it comes up on my phone. I get an alert that the Hobie Baker finalists were announced. And it ties in perfectly because today is also the Frozen Four semifinal, so... We have the two semifinals of the Frozen Four today. We have the national championship game Saturday night. Both games today are at Amelie Arena in Tampa Bay. We got Minnesota playing uh, BU. And we have Michigan. I know they're in that game. But my brain is short-circuiting on me, playing Quinnipiac in the other semifinal. Two versus three, and uh, Minnesota is the overall number one seed. So the three finalists are three players, even if you don't follow college hockey that closely, you'll know. Here's why. The three finalists are as follows. Logan Cooley. Logan Cooley, if you recall... Third overall pick of last year's draft by the Arizona Coyotes. One of the best players at the World Junior Hockey Championships in Moncton slash Halifax. Dynamic centerman. Great shot. Really good vision. Had a poor start to the tournament. Got progressively better. Played extremely well in the most important games. Played well against Canada in the in the semifinal. Logan Cooley is... I like Logan Cooley a lot. I, I think he is... I don't know if he'll be a number one center at the NHL level. I think he'd be a really good number two. I think that's where it starts. Then again, he is only 18. He has a lot of time to get better. He'll be he'll be 19 in May. But this year at Minnesota, he had 57 points in 37 games. 20 goals, 37 assists. Impressive season for Logan Cooley. And for all you plus minus heads out there, he was a plus 37. And in his uh, last year at the U.S. National Development Team, he played 24 games at 36 points. This is a dominant season, playing the Big Ten, University of Minnesota, playing against good schools all year long. Impressive, impressive season for Logan Cooley. The second member, the second person nominated, is Matthew Nyes. Everybody knows Matthew Nyes. He's the least prodigy. For the second round pick, he's nominated for the Hobie Baker. He is over a year older than Logan Cooley. He is 20 years old. 
and it's thought across the league that he will be a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs in uh, a matter of days. Could be today if they lose. Maybe Matthew Nyes will join the team then. But this season, he had 41 points in 38 games. You know, looking at production-wise, he had one more goal than Logan Cooley. Not as Definitely not as great a season overall for Matthew Nyes when it comes to overall production. I've talked about him before. I don't think his game is... He's not a great skater. That's one thing I notice about him. He does have his attributes. He's got a great finish around the net. That's where he's. That's where he really plays well. But Nyes played at Minnesota with Logan Cooley. So these two guys are teammates, both nominated for the award, but obviously a greater season for Logan Cooley. Matthew Nyes had 33 points in 33 games in his freshman season. Sophomore, he goes from he goes to 41 points in 38 games. So an improvement, certainly. Six more goals. But again, he's playing on a good team. You need a third person. That's why I think he was the third nominee. Even though I listed him second. And the last one that I haven't named yet is Adam Fantilli. The man who will likely go second overall in this year's NHL draft, played for Canada at the World Juniors, and a guy who had a poor start to the World Juniors. The production was hit and miss, but he started on a third, fourth line. He hit, he kind of gritted his way to a more prominent role on Team Canada, worked his way there, and finished playing, you know, top six, playing important minutes for Team Canada. Well, after after playing, after winning the gold medal, he went back to Michigan and he had the most points in the entirety of NCAA. From January on, nobody had more points than Adam Fantilli. And in 35 games this season, he had 64 points in his freshman season playing university hockey, 29 goals in 35 games. Adam Fantilli is going to win this award. I don't know that he's going to win the national championship at Michigan because Minnesota's a really good team. Logan Cooley and Matthew Nyes may end up winning the ultimate prize, may end up winning the national championship because they are the better team. And quite frankly, they have an easier path to, to, to get to the championship. Michigan has a tough one with Quinnipiac tonight. Very good team. I'm not sure they win. By the way, those games, they're on TSN Plus, not even not even on regular TSN or Sportsnet. Again, I know how to stream things, but you talk about promoting the product. Like, not everybody can stream games. I'm going to watch them tonight. I want to watch these players, see how they look. But to not even have the ability to have it on a regular television in Canada is just completely asinine to me. How is that not on TV? No, okay, let's throw on another boring game that we can find. I mean, the Leafs not even, are not even playing tonight. You'd think you could find a station to throw this fucking game on. but Nevertheless, Fantilli, Cooley, Nice. Three guys that are all drafted, three guys that are going to be playing in the NHL. Fantilli not drafted, but will all be playing in the NHL. 
I think Fantilli will win the award. He deserves to win the award. I, I'm really impressed. The, these three guys all had good seasons. Cooley and and Fantilli clearly above the Nyes comparison. But it's cool to see these three guys all nominated playing in the last weekend. Normally you see a guy that plays at Harvard or plays in the Ivy League and he's not making it to the Frozen Four. He's not playing in the most important games. I like that these three guys are all competing for the same prize this weekend. Two guys on the same team, but nevertheless, you're you're in the zone. You're playing in the most important games of your respective season. It doesn't matter. You know, the points from now is now about winning a national championship. And, you know, Nyes is in a different situation than Cooley or Fantilli because when Fantilli loses – It'll either be tonight or if he wins the national championship, loses in it. He's got two possible games left. If he, Whenever he loses, it's over. Season's over. He'll be preparing for the draft. Draft lottery is in early May, so he'll be ready for that night, waiting to see who gets the number two pick, and he'll basic, he basically will know that he will be a member of that team. That will be his next date that he circles. He'll have the combine, things of that nature, but it's not as big a deal in hockey like the NFL. But that, that'll be the biggest date for him. For Cooley, he can play in the AHL playoffs. He is eligible to do that if he gets in a few games before the end of the season, which he will be able to do. Whether they want to do that or not, I'm going to look. Tucson... Not currently in the playoffs. They're not completely out of it, but they're unlikely to make it. So maybe he gets a few AHL games. Maybe he'll make his NHL debut. It'd be a perfect time. He could play a few games with the Arizona uh, Coyotes. He won't have to burn his entry level. So that they would have that option with Logan, because I, I think all three of these guys will be leaving school, playing uh, professional next year. But for Nyes... When your season's over, you're leaving Tampa, you're getting on a bird, and your agent's going to call Kyle Dubas, and you're going to be joining a moving train and joining the Toronto Maple Leafs. You're going to be entering a zone where you might be playing playoff hockey in two weeks. You might be playing with John Tavares and, and William Nylander in two weeks. It's a very different scenario. It's a very different challenge. And he's the third of these three players. He's by far the worst of these three guys. I get it. He's a least prospect. And he's people love him. And he's the best of the best. And yada, yada, yada. But that doesn't mean jack shit. It's called overhyped. It's called people you know, giving him too much exposure. It's not fair to the kid. This guy needs to be nurtured a little bit. He needs expectations need to be, you know, just put down a little bit because it's not. It's it's about it's about him having a successful career and not necessarily him having a great next two three weeks. Toronto Maple Leafs made trade deadline moves. I think they expect him to be like a deadline acquisition. I think that's a lot to ask. I think that's a big ask of him for a guy that really hasn't proven 
hasn't proven anything at the NHL level yet, and he's been a, a good, not great NCAA player. There was two easy nominees for the Hobie Baker, and then there was another one. And he happened to be the other one. Great. But again, he's not, it's a, there's two horses right out on, you know, home stretch at the Kentucky Derby, and he's, he's, he's there, you know. So, I'm excited, scratch that, hate that word. I am looking forward to watching the games tonight because I want to see how they all play. But I want to tie in, it ties in well, because I did watch some hockey last night. I watched the Leafs-Panthers game. And I still hold the same opinion that a lot of these games are hard to get through, but Florida needed to win last night, a must-win. They tie the game late. Alex Lyon gets the start, was phenomenal in the game for Florida. The only reason they won, he should have been the first star of the game. It was Al- It was Austin Matthews. He, was, he played well last night. Alex Lyon was the first star of the game, sorry. T- it was a TSN broadcast or Sportsnet, whatever. But uh, come on. Come on, guys. Come on. It was Alex Lyon. I think he'll still do your stupid interview after the game, even if you don't put him number one. I don't think he's that butthurt about it, but we'll move on. The Leafs know where they are, and it's about cohesion and health over the next couple weeks for Tampa, for Toronto, um, Boston, Carolina, although they're still kind of in the mix in the Metropolitan, but I still think it's a bit it's a bit kind of malign there because you don't know, because you kind of know where everybody stands, so that that's a little more intertwined. But for, for the Leafs, last night my big thing with them is watching their defense – have no chemistry. That's my first observation. And John Tavares and William Nylander played like crap last night predominantly. Nylander, Tavares both screwed up on the overtime goal. I mean, Tavares on the back check, you should have been there. You should have been there to get his stick on Montour. He stopped skating. I don't know why. He was in a position to stop that pass. He just didn't do it. That's definitely not Samsonov's fault in that play. He made a couple of big saves. I thought he played well. Lost the game, but I thought he played pretty solid. And as of late, Joseph Wall has been their best goalie, but I thought Samsonov played well last night. But their D have no chemistry, and Tavares and Nylander, it just isn't working at the moment. There's something not gelling. And you know, Matthews was the first star last night, according to, to Sportsnet. And he played great. He's played great as of late. Honestly, he's played great since I told him that he's the second best player in the world or that some people think that. And he's been playing mediocre. So, Leaf fans, you can thank me for, for poking the bear and, and awakening a really great player, which we all know him to be. But Tavares in Nylander, I don't think is going to work. And I don't believe that your two best players, 
have to play with each other? Why do Matthews and Marner have to be on the same line? Why does Matthews need Marner to be successful? He shouldn't have to. He shouldn't have to play with him. Because Matthews might be the least best player. The least most important player is Mitch Marner. He's their most important player because he does more for the team than Matthews does. Penalty kill, back check, in the right positions. He blocks shots. He sets up all the offense. He's the straw that stirs the drink. And when there is no straw, the drink tastes like shit. That's what the least, that's what you look at this team. That's what it boils down to. Matthews, yes, great player. Go do it with somebody else. Marner needs to play with Tavares, in my opinion. Because I am still of the opinion they need to go one, two, three at center. It's not, okay, our line isn't working. Please, Ryan O'Reilly, come fix this. That's not the solution, and I worry that's the way they're going to go. Not for my sake. I could care less about the Leafs fans who will then be so upset that their team lost again. When you have a position of strength, three great centers, O'Reilly, Matthews, Tavares, you use your strength. You use it to your advantage. You don't just say, okay, we have a center, but our line isn't working. Let's stick him on the wing so we have a better line now. No, you keep your strengths. Because who's playing fourth line center now? Camp sliding into third line. Is Kerfoot playing fourth line center? No, you want to play him higher in the lineup. Where's Bunting fin? It's a much, it's a mess after a while. And Bunting, I don't think clearly he doesn't have a role or feel like he has one because he's out to lunch lately. Maybe he's focusing too much on the contract and he's worried about the money. Who knows? But to me, Tavares should play with Marner. Matthews should play with Nylander. Because if Matthews is as good as everybody says he is, he's not. it's not like he's going to play with Aki Berg and Pavel Kabina. He's playing with Bill, Bill Nylander, a very good player, who they have great chemistry together. Tavares and, and John, not as much. And you know what? Put Yarn Croak on, keep him with Matthews because he loves him. So keep him there. That's fine. Best players should be able to say who they get to play with. I'm fine with that. Keep him on the line. Yarn Croak with Nylander and, and Matthews. Tavares, Bunting, and Marner. Top six. O'Reilly comes back. He's your third line center. Not Ryan. Please come and fix and plug this hole. No. No. No, no, because that's not a long-term solution, and it takes away your strength. You want to maximize your strengths, not just to, to see it and then not use it. It makes no sense. That logic is just stupid. Sheldon Keefe. Cal Dubas, in the inner circle of the Toronto Maple Leafs, whoever makes decisions there, MLSE, Tannenbaum, Shanahan, whoever else, they need to sit down and decide who the top six of the playoffs are going to be and they need to play them. They have seven or eight games left, whatever there are, too many. 
and they need to sit down and say, these are our six guys. This is who we're playing. They're playing seven of their last eight games. Maybe we'll sit, sit them out the last game, something, whatever, precautionary. But these are our six. They're playing. To me, it would be as follows. I would play Riley, and this is tough to say. You might have to play him with Brody. Because Riley is a flat fucking disaster, and I'm not banking on him getting better this year. I've been saying it for forever, but it's never happened yet. So why expect anything different? He's been bad all year. Not It's not an overreaction, just a fact. Riley, Brody. Second pair, McCabe. He had his moments last night. Him and Brody, something about that that doesn't work. They played together last night. Don't love that look. I would probably, <laughs> this is where it gets complicated, because you get McCabe, you want to put Shen in there. Lilligren's played his way out in all likelihood. He has played worse since the trade deadline. I will admit that even though I like Lilligren. You got McCabe. You got Shen. You got Geo. I'm just doing this on the fly with all of you. It's a little exercise. Timmons is a possibility, but I don't think he's playing. Gusseson, ugh. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Missing one guy. Who am I missing? So you got Shen, Riley, Brody, McCabe. I looked that up because I'm forgetting one guy, and it's bothering me. Because I want to get this right. Because I want to tell them who they should play. Because, quite honestly, Justin Hall, that's who I'm missing. Of course, Justin Hall. So, these are your defensemen. Those three I just named are easily playing. They need to sit down like I'm doing right now, have this exercise, and decide who's going to play. Riley neither needs to play with Brody or McCabe to me. But McCabe kind of jumps up in the play a little too much. That makes it difficult. I don't want to play Riley with Hall. Playing Riley with Luke Shen is difficult because that makes you have to play Luke Shen a lot. And Luke Shen is about 10 to 11 minutes max. That's about what he can play right now. Gustafson's not a possibility for me. No way I'm playing him. I'm not playing Timmons. Those two guys are out. So that leaves me with, with six guys. It's just the way you put it together. I would go... Riley Brody, McCabe, Geo, Shen, Hall. It's probably the way I go. It's probably the way I go because Lilligren, I don't think he's going to play. Played 10 minutes last night. Hall played 16. Geo played 19. Brody played 21. Morgan Riley played 19. Yeah. There you go. McCabe played 19. These are all overtime minutes, so they spread it out well. Looking at it, Brandon Montour played 24 for Florida. Ekblad played 24 for uh, Forsling, played 25 for Florida. Jesus. Yeah, they ran through some guys last night. 
If you don't want to go Riley Brody, I would go Riley Shen. But every other, if Riley's not playing with Shen, he's got to play with Brody. Giordano's going to have to be a top four guy just with this team, I think. But you need to pick your six. Sit down, pick your six defensemen, and play them with their partner. Not this 11-7 or, okay, no, we'll, we'll switch pairs mid-game. Sheldon Keefe loves the blender. He loves to mix it up and change it and do this and that. It, no, it doesn't. It's stupid. Nobody has cohesion. Nobody feels comfortable. And you need people to be comfortable. It's the start of the season. The real season. The playoffs. Oh, he can play with him or he can play with him. And I think internally, they all know that expecting Morgan Riley to get better this season is a stupid game. It happens one game, then he plays four bad ones. And I don't like picking on the guy, but it's just a fact. It's just the truth. That you just see a guy that seems checked out to me. That doesn't seem confident. That when he takes one step forward, he takes three steps back. I don't know. It's a it's a tricky predicament, certainly, for the Maple Leafs. Because really, they got 9D that they could play. And I get that. That's tricky. But Gustafson, never. Not playing for me. Just he's not. I, I, as you all know, I've said this before. I don't need more D to put on a power play. I don't need D on a power play. If I was the Maple Leafs, I wouldn't have, on their first power play unit. I wouldn't have a defenseman on the ice. Riley wouldn't be on it. What does he add to that power play? Nothing. He doesn't have a shot. He doesn't. He's not deceptive. He's not good with the puck. He doesn't set up people. He just. He's, well, what's the point of him? There's no point of him. You have 34, you have 16, you have 88, you got 91 in front of the net. So you want to put, oh, oh, we have to put Riley on. Is that the thinking? Why? Why is that just the automatic? Put yarn croak on it. Matthews loves him. Bunting, get him below the net. Tavares, find him up front. Two guys below the hash marks. McCabe would be better. He's, he at least can shoot the puck. My God. This team is good. The Maple Leafs are a good team. But I think what's hurting this team more than anything, because they played pretty well last night, it's the coaching and the overthinking that are that are hurting the team. Not the players themselves, because there are players not playing well. Tavares hasn't played well as of late. Nylander's been cruising for a bruising for about a month. But coaching, just simplify it. Players don't need to think about who they're playing with every night. That's a shitty way to go into a game. Pick your lineup and stick with it. Pick your number one goaltender. Stick with it. I think it's smart if they tell one of them you're a starter. Game one. Why not tonight? Do it right now. Because you're worried about one of them's feelings? Oh. Feeling schmealings. Who cares? Name it. 
think Brian Elliott, sad that he's not starting game one in Tampa. No, he already knows. He's got Vash in front of him. You think Dean Evison's going to care when Philip Gustafson's starting game one over Marc-Andre Fleury? No, he's not going to care because it's pro sports. Guess what? That's going to happen, by the way. I predicted that about, I don't know, a month ago. Marc-Andre Fleury's not getting in that net game one. Philip Gustafson is. Minnesota Wild. Last 20. 15-2-3. They're on a fucking tear. Matthew Boldy, my guy, BU, two hat tricks in his last six games. The Wild beat the Colorado Avalanche last so night. They're first in the metro in the Central. Dean Evison's scary as ever behind the bench, just darting at people. No Kaprizov, Matt Boldy stepping up, Frederick Goodrow, Philip Gustafson, UFA this summer. He's gonna get some money, I'll tell you. Too bad. Minnesota gave Flurry two years. Start him in the playoffs next year, maybe. Get overlooked again. <sighs> the flower. But I'm sure when the flower's on the bench, game one, Alan Walsh will send out a tweet and be upset about it. He'll have something to say about it, I'm sure. He won't be happy that his client is sitting on the bench looking over, looking at Gustafson making saves in their first-round series against maybe the Seattle Kraken. Maybe the Jets, maybe the Flames. Who knows? Let's go to the other side of the ice last night, Florida. <laughs> the only person who looked more angry than Dean Evison was Paul Maurice, beginning of the second period. During his coach's challenge that he got right, he laid in to his club, took the glasses off, snapping at them, F-bomb after F-bomb. And I got to say... It didn't really help the team. Team did not play that much more inspired. They did not play that well defensively. As I said, Alex Lyon was the first star last night. But Maurice just was a complete snapshot, and it looked like he just his complete frustration with his team the entire season. No defensive responsibilities. No care in their own zone. We don't care about taking care of the puck. And it caught up with them. Obviously, the goal is disallowed, but it very well could have counted, and then maybe you lose the game, you don't get a point. Florida may miss the playoffs after winning the President's Trophy last year. They're a point back of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has a game in hand. Florida is in La Belle Province this evening. Pittsburgh is hosting the Nashville Predators, two desperate teams facing off at PPG Paints this evening. But I got to say, Florida, they got a they got a lot of problems on that team. But I, I've come to the realization of what's making Paul Maurice scream like that. I really do. I think I've pinpointed one central reason as to why. And that one main reason has to be Mark Stahl. It has to be. It can't be anything else, right? Mark Stahl. The dude can't play anymore. The dude couldn't play in Detroit, and they brought him into Florida. And you add his brother to the mix. They're both as slow as molasses. 
Tortoises are beating them on the ice to the pucks. They're both slow. Lusterinen's not exactly a fast guy. You got my boy Gudis, who I love, but not exactly fleet of foot out there. You know, they're slow. They're a slow team that doesn't, you know, they don't have a whole lot you love about them. I love Kachuk. Heartbeat of the team. Brandon Montour's came to play all year long. Forsling's had to play big minutes, and he's done it effectively. You know, Brooks Kepka calls Aaron Ekblad a pylon at one of their games last weekend. Aaron Ekblad's not a perfect player. I'll admit that, even though I like Aaron Ekblad a lot. How about you, Brooks? You're calling a guy a pylon when you didn't have the Stones, you didn't have the courage to stay in the PGA Tour. You had to go to the live because you were too afraid. You couldn't beat anybody anymore. That, that That's who you call a pylon? Somebody who plays in the NHL every night, yeah, you might get burned every now and then, but at least he has the, the stones, at least he has the guts to stick around. No, you have to go to the live tour. You have to go play with play with shorts on and play against all these pigeons who you don't, you can't even beat them. I felt bad for his story in, in the in the Netflix show, Full Swing. I don't anymore. Shut up. You're you're in an, an owner's suite, whatever the hell you're in, rich guy seat, and you're screaming at Ekblad with a pylon. Grow the fuck up. Do it in a major. Do it anywhere right now. Win live this weekend. Or maybe you're the fucking pot. That was just ridiculous from, from Brooks Kepka. But Mark Stahl, Luster, this team is so slow. They don't play inspired. Paul Maurice pl- plays a very st- structured system, and I think the team hates it. I've mentioned that before. They still wish they were playing how they played last year. Even uh, Keith Kachuk went on radio this morning. And he talked about how how much he hated, you know, how soft the, the Panthers are and how they're worried about getting Matthew's autograph after the game and not focusing on, you know, finishing their checks or being in the right position. Some truth to that. It's going to be tough for Florida to make the playoffs because they got a tougher schedule than Pittsburgh over the last two weeks of the season. Season ends in two weeks tomorrow. But the season ends for those two teams two weeks tonight. I mean, Pittsburgh's got Nashville this evening. Not a playoff team, but they're in a similar position. They need this game. Nashville's still in the mix because the Winnipeg Jets, who I'll get to in a minute with the Calgary Flames, they can't find their game either. Nashville's still in this thing. We trade away everybody, and they can't find it, but they're still in the mix. They could still make the playoffs somehow. So maybe Nashville gives Pittsburgh a tough out. Pittsburgh doesn't know how to start net. They started Casey DeSmith the other night. He led in seven against the Detroit Red Wings, including three in the third period. So they're trying to find it. They can't defend. Florida can't defend, but finds a win last night in Toronto. Back-to-back, tough back-to-back. Montreal's not a tough team, but you go to overtime last night. Your best players are playing almost 25 minutes. That's a lot of hockey.
Paul Maurice got a multi-year deal. I don't think he'll be fired after one year if they miss the playoffs. But I, I don't. I think it'll be discussed. I think the the ownership will look at Bill Zito and say, "What the hell are you doing here? We don't make the playoffs a year after winning the President's Trophy. This isn't what we had in mind. This isn't what we brought you in here to do." to overhaul our roster, and then get a new coach, and look where we are. Andrew Burnett's assistant in New Jersey. They're going to the playoffs. They already clinched a spot two weeks out. Interesting to follow. Um, Filipino signed an extension with the Rangers. Like the contract, like the player, under $5 bucks, four years. I think he's the best of the kid line with Lafreniere and sorry for the uh, pause here. I I'm just seeing Tour Golf, which is a site on Twitter. Oh, it's a parody account. They almost got me. Almost broke news here. It said that the Masters group for round one have been released. Rory McIlroy will be playing with Brooks Kepka and Tiger Woods will be playing with Phil Mickelson. No, unfortunately not true. Why can't that be true? That would be... Now I'm disappointed, guys. I'm disappointed about that. Because I, uh, I want, I want them to do that. But unfortunately, and they likely won't do that next week. Masters starts a week from today. They likely won't do that because why make good TV? It's easy not to make good TV, so why make good TV? I mean, come on. <sighs> Before we go today, quicker show. Western Conference wild card race. We do have LA versus Edmonton tonight. Big game. Edmonton's a point back of LA. LA does have a game in hand, but if Edmonton wins this evening, they will be ahead of LA and a point back of Vegas in the standings. So an important one this evening that I will be following. As we stand today, the Winnipeg Jets, Calgary Flames have played 75 games, meaning both teams have seven games remaining. Winnipeg, Winnipeg is 85 points. Calgary has 83. Then you have Nashville, who have played 73 games with 82. So technically, they're still in the driver's seat. They control their own fate. It'll be a disaster if either of these teams make the playoffs, but it's as if we've accepted that Calgary wasn't going to make the playoffs a long time ago. I certainly accepted it because I hate watching them play. They, they're not fun. Their structure's boring. They're, they're, they make stupid mistakes. I think they play stupid hockey. They, make, they take dumb penalties. They're just stupid. They're a stupid team. And, but they beat the Kings the other night, a big win. 
Winnipeg's in San Jose, last game of the road trip. They lose 3-0. They get skunked by the San Jose Sharks, who have the best odds to land Connor Bedard. So the worst team in the NHL. So now we sit with Jets, Red Wings tomorrow night. Flames are in Vancouver playing the Red Hot Canucks, which, of course, the Canucks are red hot because they're stupid, and this is when they get hot every year. These games down the stretch for these teams are so important. But I almost think it's more important for the Jets to make it because they've they felt like they were going to make the playoffs all year. They went through their struggles. But I need to see it. I need to see them make it, really. I think it would be a bigger disaster if, if they don't make it. And I get Calgary traded for Huberto and they Weeks and everything they've done there. But wow, if they don't make the playoffs. If the Jets don't make the playoffs after being in it all year, being in a comfortable position, or if somehow Seattle makes the playoffs and Nashville, my God, will heads roll across the NHL. I don't know what will happen then. Both have seven games left. Both play Friday night. Red Wings at Jets, Flames at Canucks. Sunday, Devils at Jets, Ducks, Flames. So both have a non-playoff opponent. Tuesday, Blackhawks at Flames. Jets are off. Flames at Jets Wednesday night. Biggest game of the season, either team, obviously. Then we move ahead. Nashville at Jets. That could be huge. Flames play the Canucks twice, which is actually tough nowadays. Sharks play the Jets again. Nashville play the Flames. Jets at the Wild. Tough game. Sharks, Flames. The Jets close out at the Avs. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to come down to the wire. I think that with that schedule, the Jets will make it, but I can't trust either of these teams. Neither of them deserves my trust or have earned it. Be tracking it, though. Shorter show this afternoon, but I just did a preview show of Major League Baseball. Tomorrow afternoon, Seamus will be on. We're going to preview the, the Final Four in the NCAA, recap the semifinals of the of the uh, Frozen Four tomorrow, get into tonight's NHL action, some NBA news and notes, Valero, Texas Open, maybe even talk a little WrestleMania with Shea. A rare, a rare Friday appearance by Shea, but should be fun nonetheless. Have a great rest of your day. Hope you enjoyed the content today. Talk to you soon, everybody. It's to the point.